Welcome to the Conversion Tracking Playbook, where we share how to overcome tracking challenges that e-commerce brands face today and real-world examples of transforming data into insights. All right, so you're about to listen to a special episode that I just finished recording, and it's going to be it's going to be great in a podcast. However, we're doing something a little bit different on doing an edit for YouTube. May or may not be out by the time you listen to this, but I just want to set the expectation that this particular episode has nothing to do with conversion tracking. It actually is talking about our process for strategic planning, four main frameworks that I go to or that we go through as a company. And the reason why I want to share this is I talk to many of you on a regular basis. Many of my friends are D2C brand owners and we talk business and I just wanted to share some of the planning that we do because my hope is you can pick one, two, maybe 10 things out of this 30 minute episode that can help you and your planning next year. Or at worst case scenario, you see how we do things and see the thought process that goes into our planning because at the end of the day, it impacts you, the customer. We take this very seriously and we want to meet you and where you are with your needs. So with that, I hope you enjoy the episode. I'd love to hear your feedback on it. Let me know. Planning, strategic planning is one of my favorite parts of the year. Not because it's December and it's near the holiday and new year, but actually I like having the space and the time to think big, look through the forest, through the trees, whatever that saying is. And I know we are a SaaS business, but in my last five, six years of running Elevar, I've made a lot of friends that are customers, non-customers that are brand owners themselves, so D2C brand owners. And we talk and collaborate a lot of what what we do, what I do as a business owner, what they're doing as a business owner or department leader or executive at the company. And frankly, there's so many parallels. There's more than what I think most probably believe. Simple things like I talked about the scorecard that we use in our company in our weekly Monday meeting. And one of my friends, I won't, won't name the brand name, but they, they took that scorecard and implemented it in their company and they've used it since then. They said it was a game changer. So that's why I'm sharing my framework for Elevar and what we are doing in strategic planning in the hopes that this can help you. So might, you might be able to take all four frameworks or pieces of each one, but I thought it'd be useful to share a little bit of what we do behind the scenes because ultimately, if you're a customer, this impacts you at the end of the day. So the four main frameworks that I'll be going through are, one is called L4 Forecasting. And I have a bunch of notes here that I'll be reading off and scrolling up and down towards the video. So we have the L4 Forecasting. We have just general strategic planning. So think vision, mission, et cetera, but strategic planning going into the year, which we also will call slingshot planning on our team quite a bit. Then I'll get into what I also have learned and called a preloaded year, which I've also spoken to uh, many of you about just planning your year ahead. And then last but not least is the, the new you, which is something I learned from David Cancel and one of my masterminds. He's the founder of Drift and I think four other companies, super, super successful. And this is honestly one of my favorites, uh, new strategies, and I'm implementing this in 2024 in my own way. All right, so let's start with, with L4 forecasting. So last four forecasting. So this isn't necessar necessarily the first thing that you have to do, but again, each one of these, these four, they're kind of like, think of Venn diagram where all four 
on their own are great, but when you put them together, that center is what makes it really, really powerful. So don't necessarily take these in order priority or how you need to execute. L4 forecasting, old way. You're getting ready to plan. So you're looking at whether it's revenue or conversion rate or average order value or whatever it might be in your business profit. So this is the old way and this is an L4. The old way is you look at, okay, what do we do this year? And then you are forecasting ahead. So in my world, what it used to be five, six, seven years ago, I think, okay, what do I want to do next year? I want to grow, you know, 10, 15% per month, drag that across 12 cells or 11 cells in uh, Google Sheets. And that tells me, hey, here's my forecast for the year. And you can do that again. Well, it doesn't matter if it's revenue, profit, et cetera. That's just bad. So it's just a bad way of forecasting, especially when you get to the sophistication. Many of you probably aren't doing that anymore, but think about layers down. So think about conversion rate or average order value. So conversion rate could be, hey, we're going to hire or go really deep into conversion rate optimization. And we believe we should be able to incrementally improve conversion rate by X over these number of months. And just, again, assume that that's going to come to fruition. So why this is bad, in my opinion, it's the way the dartboard has a low probability of success, in my opinion. Historically, it's put my focus on blinded, what I call blinded optimism, instead of getting real and being realistic on what happened in the last four months. It also doesn't do a good job of illuminating existing gaps that need strategic thinking. So when we go through our planning process, there are obviously big rocks. We want to meet our customers where they are going to be in six to 12 months. And if we don't go through the process of the L4 forecasting and strategic planning, and we just do the, hey, we want to grow by this amount next year and just kind of like keep moving on our day, it doesn't force us to eliminate. Here's where we want to be. Here's what the L4 is, is telling us. We're off by 100%. How the F are we going to fill that gap and go really, really deep on that? So that is, again, why I think this is the old way of just very basic forecasting is, is bad. So the new way, last four forecasting, it's the average of the last four months, and that's the best predictor of the future performance. As an example, you can take the average of whatever metric you want to use. So in Elevar, we've done this with revenue. We've done this with sales opportunities. We've done this with close rates, et cetera. So going down down the list in each department. You can even, even think customer support, average response time, average responses back and forth to ticket closing. It doesn't really matter. It works with any metric. But what's the average of the last four months? And then I, we use that to project the next 12 months. That's like the let's keep it real. So and generally, if you are a business that's growing, if we are looking at September to December, and we average that out for the next four to eight months, so January to August in 2024. If you're looking at year over year, you're still going to be ahead of last year. So it's still projecting growth if you're doing a year over year comparison. But you might be looking at a little bit of a lower number than what you have in your head, which we're going to get to in a second. There, we normalize it. So I will normalize with seasonality with our business, Elevar. The seasonality is a little bit different from you or our D2C brands. So there's a few months throughout the year that are typically really slow for us. So we will normalize that down. And then there's months that will pick up, obviously, going into Black Friday. So for us, August, September, October, those can be a little bit busier or a lot busier. And then typically with you, it's probably a little bit slower. And then you, you really pick up in October, November, and into December. So you can normalize this for seasonality, just doing trend, like trend adjustments. As time progresses over the year, and what I'll do is I'll reforecast. 
you want to reforecast your L4 every couple months. I mean, it really depends on how precise you want to get with things, but just do a reforecast of, okay, if it's now March or April, what did the last four months look like? Is it better or worse? Is the L4 better or worse than what you had originally projected in November, December at the end of your planning? And then just create that new baseline. Why I like L4, it grounds, it grounds me in reality. Again, I want to have really big ambitious goals for our team, for our customers, again, to just be the best that we can for them. But the L4 grounds me in reality. It's also really easy to calculate and explain. Hopefully, this is an example of that. You're not like what I think what the hell is Brad talking about with this L4. But in general, I found it's easy to explain. I've trained my department leaders to, to use this on their own as well. The third point and third reason why I like the L4 and feel like it's better is, as I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, it forces you to recognize the gap. So where are you today? Where do you want to be in the future? How do you do it? How do you get there? How do you close that gap? So if you are at $10 million and you want to grow 50% next year and hit $15 million, but your L4 forecast puts you at $12 million, where's the other $3 million coming from? Are you increasing spend in existing channels? Are you increasing conversion rate or AOV? Are you adding in new growth channels? Are you getting more efficient with people in process? It doesn't matter. There's, there's so many different things. Are you ramping up inventory, et cetera? So once you have that gap, then it's you start asking yourself those questions. Well, like, oh, how am I going to make that happen? Is it going to be more sessions, higher conversion rate, or higher AOV or RPV? So that's L4. Again, first part of this little Venn diagram or the layer of the onion, which leads into strategic planning, which is the next one. So strategic planning, I'm going to assume you already have some sort of vision, whether you set the vision or your founder set the vision or your team or whatever it might be. But I'm going to assume you already have some sort of vision. If you don't start there, an easy definition that I like to use and think about is fast forward 25 years and describe a vision of the future world, industry, and company that is created based on the work and effort by your team and the impact of your product. So again, vision, if you don't have it, fast forward 25 years and describe that vision of the future world. What does it look like? What's your industry? What is your company? Think about if you were on the front page of New York Times or any other like famous magazine or show or, or TV, what are they explaining? What are they saying about you? So the way that I like to do strategic planning is Similar to like the traction model, if you're familiar with traction. So I like starting with a 10-year target. So what is our overarching goal? What does a business look like in 10 years? So I get descriptive, think big. I won't initially name brands that I've seen some of their bit of vision or, or their strategic planning, but you know they're talking about new product lines or impacts. So if they're an impact-based brand, the impact that they're having on just our social economy, but just... No one's going to hold you to it. No one's going to like hold your feet to the fire and attend your target. But the idea here is, especially with your team, is have a vision that's big enough where your team's aspirations and things that they want to achieve, they can see themselves achieving their dreams under the umbrella of your vision, of your company's vision. So that that is a little bit of a recommendation on how we think about this. So 10-year vision... Next, I'll move into our three-year goal planning. So this gets a little bit more quantitative. So what's the size of the business? What are the goals that we've achieved? What do we look like as a company? So with Elevar, when we did our three-year goal planning, so we had a three-year plan starting in 2020, I was talking about obviously revenue, headcount, what we're doing in the Shopify ecosystem, 
how many events that we're speaking at or that I'm speaking at or where we're being published or featured, I got really descriptive. There weren't a hundred things on there, but it was trying to describe like, what does a, what's the business look like and how are we going to measure the, the success of those goals? So once you go through that three, three-year goal planning, and by the way, I'll have a template for this. So if you're just watching or listening, there'll be a template that you can just, you can copy and uh, just follow along. Uh, I'll, I'll obfuscate a little bit from what Elevar is, but it'll give you a chance to, uh, to do this on your own. So back to uh, three years, and then we move into the one-year plan. And this again is very, very specific. What's our revenue? What's our profit? What goals do we want to achieve? And what are the main rocks required to get there? So if we have a big goal, so let's say it's you're rolling out a new product or you are launching a new website or you are rolling out subscriptions, whatever it might be, break those big initiatives down and what are the rocks required to get there? So are there two, three, four big rocks that you need to get in order to launch that new site, launch that new product, get into Walmart, whatever it might be, what are the steps or the big rocks required to get there? What are the key marketing strategies? So this this is another big one, which you all are experts at this already. Uh, it's in B2B world. That's we're not as nearly uh, as I would say strong in this world as as many of you are. But what are the marketing strategies? So for example, I'll use Elevar. It's no surprise. One of our big marketing strategies over the years has been content. So content, whether it's our blog, our videos, webinars, podcasts, We've done some paid advertising. So, you know, the the normal Google and, and Facebook just trying to catch the demand that we're creating. But what if we wanted to get into a you know, big influencer or affiliates or we wanted to do outbound or whatever it might be? Identify those strategies. So if there's strategies that you feel like you need to add, again, I'll talk from our own perspective. If we need to do something more from versus where we're at today, need to outline that. But if we just need to keep doing what we're doing and do more of it or do it better, that's okay too. Next up in the one-year plan for, for us is actually getting into the quarterly rocks, which I mentioned, if you have these big goals or initiatives for the year, what are those rocks? This is where you start to identify and write those down. Uh, I don't care if you call them a rock or a strategy or an OKR or whatever it is. There's a great book, The Measure What Matters by John Doerr. I think I'm pronouncing his last name right. Great book. We've done OKRs. We right now we just we kind of like keep it simple. We do follow a big theme as a company. We do quarterly themes that look through the lens of the big big company theme, and we we do identify the rocks that we need to hit. So this is also something on the brand side. Again, if we are looking at Q1, Q2 growth of okay, we want to increase revenue by thirty percent over last year. What are the big things that we need to do? Is it testing more content? Is it whatever it might be? Adding the TikTok shop uh, as a as a new channel? Is it adding Amazon? Is it optimizing Amazon? Whatever it might be, but identify those, get them into that rock, and then that'll allow you and your team to start digging into those of okay, how are we actually going to break this down into smaller chunks to execute for the one year plan, just revenue plan or department level plans? I do like to do a good, better, best. So I, I try not to do just a, here's one number. That's the only thing that we're focused on, even though we, that is what we look at as a company and a team and our scorecard. But for even just myself or our executive team is have that good, better, best. So we have our best if everything goes as planned and we just, we're, we nail everything, we should hit our best number. Better is kind of like, that's, that is the, 
we should hit this. Or maybe that's a good, uh, I don't know. But anyways, just think like good, better, best. Kind of like what's your what's your goal and 10% under that, 10% over that. And some of the good, better, best that I've, I've used. So now that you've gone through that 10-year, three-year, one-year, and at this point, this is where I take a step back and look, look at my L4. So does my L4 forecast match up to my strategic plan? So if my strategic plan for the one year is I want to hit 15 million in revenue, but my L4 tells me I'm going to hit 12 million in revenue, how am I going to do that? Like, where is that? Where am I way off? Am I way over or way under? So the strategic plan revenue is significantly higher than your L4 reality. So just ask your question, like, how deep have you really dug into your rocks? Are you spending more time in December or January to really get things in place so you can start executing and get ahead of that goal to prevent scrambling in Q3 and Q4? I know this year, more than any, I was getting a ton of these, like just texts. I need a new phone, by the way. My phone is so cracked. Texts and emails and just people asking like, hey, what are you hearing? Um, we're having a terrible September or October's off to a slow start or just... I was seeing more, hearing more and more of that this year, just as a, I don't know, qualitative piece of feedback. And I think for me, when I was, when I hear that, it's not that they were doing anything wrong, but it just reinforced to me for this year going into 2024 is I need to make sure that we do a better job planning. So execute planning earlier, more precise, be more thorough because we need to get ahead for our customers. And that could just be education or it could be partnerships or it could be integrations or it could be making what we do, we already do better. So even if the general e-com market is down in the end of Q3, as we don't have a Black Friday, Cyber Monday anymore, it's like a Black Friday month, is how can Elevar doing better to start the year buoy our customers the first couple of quarters of the year so it's not such as much of an impact in Q3? We did do some of that this year. So part of our big planning last year was really positioning Elevar as an ROI positive. So you plug Elevar in, you'll make more money. So historically, we're save time, save money, simplify tracking. This year was very much a intentional, we are ROI positive. So that was the key to a lot of our product development that we were starting in 2022 that led to session enrichment, our Klaviyo server-side integrations, all of the server-side integrations that... Right now, you'll see us talk about plug us in and you'll just make more money based on improvements in meta or improvements in, in more emails being sent out in Klaviyo. All of that, we didn't decide that in 2023. Those are things, those are strategies we talked about in 2022 when we were really just diagnosing what's the market? What are we hearing from our customers now? What are we anticipating is going to happen in 2023? So that's the strategic plan and, and a little bit of uh, tangible examples of, of Elevar. Once you have gone through the strategic plan, what I was coached up on this past year was just make it into a nice one-page visual. Again, there'll be an example. There might be one on screen if you're watching this right now, but they're just a nice one-page visual that everyone on your team or your leaders, they're looking at it every day. If anyone were to ask your one of your leaders, hey, what's, what's the plan? What are you trying to achieve this year? Someone should be able to, to just answer that without having to think too hard about it. So just consolidating that into a nice visual. That way you look at it, you are reminded of it, and your team is reminded of it. You can do things like the vision, mission, values, your goals broken up by half years or by quarters, uh, your core strategies, aka rocks, 
And ultimately, how are you going to measure those strategies? So how are you going to measure the strategy effectiveness? Did it go well? Did it not go well? So to wrap up the strategy, if it's not obvious by now, I'm very much in the uh, camp of, I like the rocks, pebbles, stone. So rocks are like the big thing. There's a good analogy out there where if you're, you're planning, and I'm going to get into this in a preloaded year. If you're think about an, uh, I think it's an hourglass or a uh, vase. And if you start, so you have uh, rocks, pebbles, and stones or sand. If you put the sand in first, the sand's going to fill the whole thing up and you're, you're not going to have any room left for your pebbles or rocks. But if you start with the rocks, so putting the rocks in the vase first and then put the pebbles in, they're going to fall in between and the rocks are going to be the big things. Like what are the big, the, what's the one thing you need to do every day to help you achieve your goal? And then once the pebbles are in there, then you put the sand and the sand will fall its way uh, into it. It's just a good framework for, uh, for you to think about as you are planning your preloaded year, which is number three. So preloaded year, I learned this in my mastermind, Dale Beaumont. I think he originally taught this years ago in one of our sessions, in my SAS Academy session. I know Jesse Itzler. He has, I'm actually seeing his ads running now. He calls it his big ass calendar where it's, it's like a giant, giant calendar that you print out and you plan your whole year out. But it's, it basically, it is what it is. It, it is, it is, it is what it sounds like. You are planning your year in December or January. It's the concept. So it sounds, it may sound easier, hard, depending on, on where you fall in this, but the concept is simple. Like, yes, go ahead. We're going to plan it plan my year ahead and put all my big rocks in there. I will say from my own experience, execution is very hard. So it took me a couple of years. I was trying, I was doing, I was doing it, but it really took me a few years for it to settle in where I got to the point where it was doing me now. So December, actually, uh, I just saw this on my calendar a couple of weeks ago. I was looking ahead to December. I had our annual retreat already blocked off two days on the third week in December. And I did that last December. So in December, you take the time to write down what's important to you. So if you are planning your entire year, and by the way, you don't, it's not like you can only do this or start this in December. You can start this in July. You can start it in August, do it whenever you want, like whatever works for you. This is just my, my personal example. So in December, I'll start, write down what's important to me. So what's important to me personally, for me, it's like fitness. I have competitions I'm doing family. So what are birthdays? What are events for my, my young boys that I need? I know I need to go. My wife's anniversary. What are other key dates that I might have around family? Are there vacations, kids' school time off? All of that down. Anniversaries. I'm uh, just reading off this list. And then business stuff. Okay. Are there events next year? So any of the e-com events? Are there date nights that I want to plan in? Are there uh, key events? Are we doing retreats with our company? Are we doing the Elevar Summit? Anything that could possibly, that I know is going to happen, I'm writing all that down. Once I've identified those known dates, I go in and I block them off in my calendar. I'll color code. So for me, I think it's green is like personal stuff. Purple is marketing, so like sales marketing items. Red is admin or focus time. And I think blue is just like generic. My one-on-ones, performance reviews, annual reviews, everything I just mentioned, I was putting into my calendar. So they were, by the time it was January 1st, I had all of those items blocked off in my calendar. 
It didn't necessarily stay that way. So there are adjustments that you need to be flexible, but it's made such a big difference going into the year where I'm not forgetting key dates that I need to be, uh, I need to be aware of some other things that you can do. This is very subjective, but for me, I started blocking my entire Wednesdays to be a production day. So podcasts or writing or prototyping in, in product or researching for product. Wednesdays were like my day. No one can touch it. I just need to do like my deep work time. Mondays would be admin day. Other days would have different themes to it, but I, I'm a big, I do like theming my days and my weeks and I would just block it off of my calendar. So that actually meant that I was, I was shifting around recurring invites that were, were from last year. I had to move those around or say no to some of those for the next year. Once you have all of your big rocks in your calendar, then you just simply move down. So what are your pebbles? So pebbles might be one-on-ones or, or reviews, things like that, uh, team meetings. And then you have everything, uh, everything within there. There's a, there's a great book called The Great CEO Within that talks about grouping meetings and how to, how to cascade those. So if you, if you want to read the book, each chapter is somewhat of its own story. I think it's either that it's a real less stupid. Both of those are great books. The rest of the time, so in that rock, pebble, sand analogy, all the rest of the time, so things that come up during the week, that's just sand. So that's sand that fills in the open time on the calendar. That's generally the... It's a way for, for me and, and our team to ensure we're focusing on our big rocks first. And uh, I think uh, that could be a big help for you because if you going into next year, if it's that subscription or conversion rate optimization or content creation, TikTok shop, whatever it might be, plan those, like put those blocks in your calendar. It could be researching TikTok shops or buying things from TikTok shop or testing, creating sample test accounts, whatever it might be. Like blocking those in to the calendar would be, would be an example of something I would look at in our team. Like if um, I'm not going to remember the saying off the top of my head, but essentially it, go, it goes to, you don't need to tell me what your priorities are. I can look at your calendar and your calendar will tell me what your priorities are. And I think you can take that one step further where your, your calendar and bank account will tell me what your priorities are. So now that you have your L4 strategic plan and preloaded year concept, you probably have some big goals which means the person that you are or you were last year is not the same person that you need to be next year in order for you to achieve your goals. Because if you are already that person, got this from, from my coach, I've heard it a hundred times from Dan. If you are already that person that needs to hit these goals or yeah, if you are already that person, you'd already be achieving your goals. So again, if you, you got big goals, you are who you were last year. You got to change. There'll be have to be something that changes for you because the company needs you to change. Your team needs you to change to step up and show up so you can hit your goals. So what is, you might be thinking like, what the heck is, does that mean? This is where I get into the new you, the new you concept. What I learned from David Cancel from uh, the founder of Drift. And he essentially explained it in a very simple manner of you are entering a new year where he knew he had to change and he had to break habits in order for them, the company, to hit their goals. He has a responsibility just like everyone else. So recognizing that there were changes that he needed to make from his old self in the previous year in order to spend that time, be the person he needs to be in the next year in order to achieve his goals. He had to break those habits. 
And the, the thing that really resonated was he communicated this with his team. So for example, if last year he was in every customer success meeting this year or next year, he's not. So it's a habit he's breaking. Hey, I know I used to be in every CS meeting last year. However, we have some massive goals ahead for this upcoming year, which means I have some big initiatives and rocks that I need to handle. Therefore, I will no longer be in CS meetings going forward. You can use another example like Slack. Hey, I used to be in every single Slack channel and you can ping me and I'll answer any question. I can't do that next year because that is going to limit me from hitting my goals. So I'm no longer in Slack. Those are just a couple examples. I really like the concept of this and I've, I've taught this with my, to my team as well because we need to, there's another good analogy, the, the law of the lid. So if you don't grow past the lid, you're, you're going to stagnate. You're not, you're going to essentially reach your growth ceiling. And that is a concept that I really like with this new you of just, again, if you're going through the preloaded year, you've done the L4, you've done your strategy, you've, you've looked at what you need to achieve, your rocks, you put it into your calendar naturally you're going to see things like, holy cow, I can't add all this new stuff to my plate. I need to prune some of this, find those areas that you can prune and communicate with your team, communicate with your leaders, your team. It's such a cool, but simple framework that, yeah, I just love it. So find out, identify where those habits or expectations. Uh, this was another point that David made where you might be working with people for four five, six, seven years. They still think of you as the person from six years ago, but you are not the same person. They may have the same expectations of you of six years ago when you're grinding it out, but six years forward, the company can't have that same person in you show up. Otherwise, you won't reach your goals. So communicating and resetting expectations of who you are going into a new year can be one of the, in my opinion, biggest game changers to set yourself and your team and your company up for success and allow your team to learn from you. So to wrap everything up, that's the new you. We went through the preloaded year, the strategic planning, the L4 forecasting. I like to put all these together, combine them into one so you can do these in different days throughout the, the week. And it just, it can hopefully make a big impact on you and your planning for next year. And just to reiterate what I mentioned in the beginning, there's so many parallels that I see in DDC brands and SaaS businesses. At the end of the day, we're trying to solve problems for our customers or give delight, delight our customers and the operations, the nuances of what we're doing is largely the same. So if this was valuable, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Either leave a comment, shoot me an email, Brad at GetElvar, subscribe, whether it's pod, podcast, YouTube. And, uh, I look forward to hearing your feedback and seeing you on the next video. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Conversion Tracking Playbook. In order to help spread the word and just support the podcast, if you enjoyed this episode, share it on Twitter, share it on LinkedIn, send it to colleagues, or just send me feedback. I love reading feedback. I appreciate it. Many of the guests that have been on here, they've just emailed saying, hey, I'd love to join. Here's some topics. That could be you. Just shoot me an email or hit me up on LinkedIn. My email is brad at getelevar.com. And if you enjoy this podcast and you want to give us a rating, I would appreciate that as well. You can rate us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you are listening to this. But at the end of the day, if you could just share this and let others learn more about the world that you live in, the world that I live in with e-commerce and conversion tracking, I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.